folks. Please keep your hands and arms inside the train. I'm sorry, but you've thrown off the Emperor's groove. Not right now. You're getting your wishes, so sit down! Dog! Dog! Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Disney Philhar Podcast, where three Disney-obsessed former cast members relive the magic and learn facts they should already know. I'm Laura. Hey. And I'm here with Andrew and Allison. What's up? Hey. Woo! Hi, guys. Hey. Hey there. Hi. How goes it? Goes well over here. How's it go over there? Goes well. Goes no. well. Going well. Nice day today in Denver, you know. Beautiful day. It's such a nice day here oh. today also in New York City. Well, let's uh, get down down to it. Start up our fourth episode, guys. Fourth episode. Guess what? Another milestone episode. Right. That's right. Everyone, Everyone is a milestone. It's unbelievable. <laughs> It'll never stop. It will start with... No way! The news! That's right, guys. We've got some news this week in Walt Disney World uh, events. First one, I thought I would share with you guys since you are huge, huge Hamilton fans. There oh. is a deal in the works with Lin-Manuel Miranda, who will be writing songs with Alan Menken in a The Little Mermaid what? live action. No way. If what? only I could have been in the room where it happened. Yeah, he's that not throwing away his shot. No, definitely not. <gasps> he's young, scrappy. Oh, we just sure have to wait is. for it. Yeah. I don't know. So that's pretty pretty cool. Like, what kind of songs? I mean, Little Mermaid doesn't need that anymore. Songs, right? Yeah. I mean, a couple, maybe. Well, I don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. Alan Menken's just a genius, and history has <gasps> its eyes on him. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not, Ben. Um, we're not weird at all. I think it's going to be exciting. All right, you guys yeah, are done. Very Thanks. exciting. <laughs> I'm like, let's keep talking about that for 45 more minutes. I know you guys could, Yes. but we've got two more pieces of news and then an entire episode to get to, so... Let's start with um, another rumor. Well, actually, the prior news, the Lin-Manuel Miranda thing was confirmed. Also, a rumor there will be a Wreck-It Ralph virtual reality ride oh. to take over where Stitch's Great Escape is in Tomorrowland and the Magic Kingdom. Yes. Awesome. <gasps> oh, yes. God, that oh, would make me so Oh, what's that game? Um, Candy Crush? No. Sugar Rush. Oh, yeah. yeah sugar Candy Rush. Crush. <laughs> Well, Stitch's Great Escape is definitely due for uh, a redo. Yeah. They just—they could have done so much better with it to start. Uh, isn't there a know. part where he burps in your face? Yeah, and it smells terrible. Oh, uh, yeah. gross. You're like locked in well, the thing. Exciting. It's like in the alien ship. It's like super weird. Yeah. I think. Even Alien Encounter, personally, I didn't like. I was not a big fan. Yeah, me neither. Never been on it. You just like if something is breathing in your face and like walking all around you and thumping around. You can't. Yeah, thumping, thumping around. Thumpin'. You can't move. Hood hopping. Yeah. So it might be like a Wreck-It Ralph. Um, well, virtual reality definitely uh, is the rumor. And then you're maybe like you're in a car, like racing around. Definitely be kind of like a different experience than than the Alien Counter. So they're gonna be redoing the entire thing. But like I said, that's just a rumor. I like it. I, I like it too. I like Good it too. Good news so far. Keep it. What's what's next? Yeah. Okay. Sad uh -oh. news. Sad rumor wah, wah. here. Well, only for those of us who were um, partial to Ellen's energy adventure. Breaking news today, 
is that they're going to be doing a Guardians of the Galaxy roller coaster. Now we previously heard that there would be a Guardians of the Galaxy, some type of overlay to Ellen's energy adventure, but now we're knowing that it might be a roller coaster specifically. Wow. No way. I think Epcot could use a roller coaster for yeah. sure. I think so too. It's, it's exciting, but when I first heard it, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know. Does Garden, um, how does Gardens of the Galaxy fit into, like, Guardians. right, sorry, whatever. <laughs> Gardens, Gardens of the Galaxy. Yeah, I keep for, thinking, um, like, spring, or Flower and Garden, garden Festival. Yeah, I was going to say, just. Gardens of the Galaxy would fit perfectly into the I was going to say, that would be Festival. Guardians, excuse me, thank you, Laura, <laughs> of the Galaxy. That is over by where I used to do my old, where I did Segway training, when I did Segway at Epcot. Ooh. I did it at the uh, Wonders of Life over there in between Ellen and Mission Space. It was kind of over there. The gold oh, yeah. dome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh. I have to say, I've never seen Guardians of the Galaxy. It's a good movie. It was so good. So all this, all, all this rumor makes me want to do is just go watch the movie so I can catch up, and then, then I'll decide, I guess. You then you'll learn what a Groot is. A baby Groot. Yeah. I know. It's some sort of plant, right? Maybe. We'll see. It's like a plant man. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, if you listen to our episode one, I did a touching tribute to Ellen's energy adventure. So hopefully we get to check that one out one more time before, um, well, our next trip is in December. So hopefully it'll last at least that long. And then who knows what will happen from then. But um, speaking of Epcot, actually, uh, tonight our episode is going to be about Spaceship Earth in all its glory. So, Yeah. Um, Spaceship Earth is the icon of Epcot in Walt Disney World, and I think Laura has some history for yes, you. Yes, I do. I've got a lot of lot of info here. Super exciting. Spaceship Earth was not part of Walt's original plan for Epcot, but it was part of the 1978 model that Disney announced when they made it known that they were going to be moving forward with the construction of the second theme park. But the Spaceship Earth that we know and love today, it looks a little different than what was originally depicted in the model. So in the model for Epcot in 1978, it was, uh, Spaceship Earth was to be a dome structure. And the term Spaceship Earth was coined by American architect, designer, inventor, among other things, Buckminster Fuller. Uh, he also developed the structural mathematics of the geodesic dome, which is what was depicted in the original model. Buckminster, um, everyone knows Buck. Yeah. You don't know Buck? <laughs> Come on. I know him. Oh, good old Buck, man. I know him. So yeah, that was the original plan, but Imagineers decided that this was not spectacular enough to be the icon of this park. Um, so Buck they decided was heartbroken. That... <laughs> so they decided that instead of a dome, it would be the world's first geodesic sphere. Whoa. Which was super ambitious because it would be the first of its kind. And to take on such a huge project, this would be just a remarkable feat in engineering and architecture. Uh, but Imagineers were up to the challenge. So they moved forward with the project. Construction took 26 months and 40,800 hours of labor to build. The entire structure is supported by six legs, which were driven 160 feet into the ground. Wow. Yeah. Six yeah. legs. You don't think right? of yeah. it as that many. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't. I feel like it more, I mean, I could imagine it more on four legs. Same here. 160 feet into the ground, too. That's pretty deep. Hey guys, that's 16 Shh. stories yeah. into the ground. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Uh, but it actually was... Um, it's crazy. So not only was it supported by six legs, but it was constructed in two separate parts. So there's a top half 
of the sphere that sits on the steel square ring. So the ring, the steel ring sits atop the six legs, and then there's the top part of the structure, the top half of the sphere, wow. and then the bottom half is just attached at the bottom of the ring. Whoa. And uh, it gives the illusion that it's a monolithic structure, but it is two parts. Yeah, yes. it's like it a floating does. ball. Yeah. I always, Epcot always reminds me of the monolith structure from 2001 A Space Whoa. Odyssey. I agree. I think it does. It's one of my fave movies. I know it is. Wow. Uh, one yeah. thing that I think why it has so many legs, the six supports, mm -hmm. could be the fact that it weighs, anyone know? 16 million pounds. Oh. So that is more than three times the weight of a space shuttle that is fully fueled and ready for launch. Three of them. Three times. So, so heavy. Need six legs, yo. Six wow. legs for that. The big old boy. Dude, needs a lot of legs. <laughs> wow. Sorry, wow. I worked underneath it all the time. I had to know all these crazy cool facts about it. Because people would ask. You didn't have to hold it up there, Just did you? Just one finger. I spun it like a Harlem Globetrotter. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> Eight-hour shift. No lunches. <laughs> <laughs> Extra magic hours. Twelve hours! <laughs> so not only is it a two-part sphere, but it is actually a sphere within a sphere. If that makes sense. The, oh. uh, the Yeah, like... I said the first episode, I said concentric yes. circles. Is yes. that right? I think of it as like a golf ball, like a two-piece golf ball. Right, because yeah. the golf ball has yeah. that center in the middle. Yeah, so it's got this um, this inside sphere, which contains the ride, and it's protected by a thick black rubber coating. And it's about two feet away from the outside structure. And so uh, mm -hmm. this kind of gave the Imagineers the, uh, the ability to make the outside look any way that they wanted it to look, you know? While um, you know, being mindful of the fact that it had to be waterproof and fireproof and contain the ride in a way that was safe for everybody inside, and so how they made it waterproof was by uh, implementing this intricate gutter system, um, and it's designed to capture rainwater and channel it into World Showcase Lagoon, um, and instead of the rain pouring off, it's actually absorbed through one-inch gaps in between those little silver pyramids. It's so crazy wow. because that makes so much sense. Like I never, well, I worked under it but i never knew like how it worked obviously i just knew like when it rained the glow cart was underneath it and we never got wet yeah so everyone would come underneath it and then obviously gift shop and camera center right there so everyone would run in yeah it never but, crossed my mind either right? yeah it's like the only dry spot but when you work there you can see like the specific wet outline to like the dry and it's not like bouncing off the sides and like pouring onto people yeah. like you know like waterfalls or anything it's kind of crazy you never think about it yeah a gutter system eh? whoa so, so smart so right smart. that outside thing just that alone well we don't have to make it look you know like a black rubber ball we can you know with spray paint we can yeah. add this thing onto the outside <laughs> right, that was the only like other option spray camo paint. spray paint that was it <laughs> not even silver <laughs> Okay, so the entire structure is 165 feet in diameter and 180 feet tall. And that's how many stories, Andrew? 18 stories. Yep. 18 stories. Ooh. And it's made up of 11,324 aluminum and plastic alloy triangles. Laura counted them. Oh, I did. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Each one. It took all week. <laughs> that was all my research. Google Maps. We sent her down there, <laughs> kind of stipend. 
Uh, and then the attraction that is inside the uh, second sphere is an Omnimover-style attraction. That's like the Haunted Mansion, where there's a chain of vehicles on the track, and it's always in constant motion. And there's an over-a-mile track, and I saw a uh, an image of what the ride kind of looks like throughout, and it looks like the tallest point of the ride is at 115 feet Whoa. into the ball. That's so crazy. It goes so, mm-hmm. so high up there. Yeah. Oh, that was impressive. I know you're in a major incline in parts of the ride, but I never, I just never thought about it. Right? That you're almost 12 stories off the ground. Wow, yeah. Wow. You get so immersed in the, in what's going on and the scenery. Yeah. It's easy to lose sight of how far right. up you might Especially because it's all in the dark. But, um, yep, so the ride yeah. officially opened with the debut of Epcot on October 1st, 1982. So the first version ran from 1982 to 1986, and it was sponsored by Bell Systems. It was narrated by uh, Larry or Lawrence Dobkins. And the funny part about this is that it was, I guess it was not officially documented. So many people uh, believe the narrator to be Vic Perrin. Um, however, that was... Oh, I saw some about, yeah. something about this. This uh, right. controversy. Yeah. So everybody thought it was Vic Perrin until um, there was an interview with Imagineer Marty Sklar in 2008. And he said, oh, no, it's not Vic Perrin, it's uh, Larry Dobkins. And so... Yeah, like, by the way, guys, uh, that was a totally different human being that um, right. we said earlier might have been the <laughs> announcer. <laughs> yeah, it's super interesting. Um, yeah. Crazy. So it said that Spaceship Earth celebrates communication as the key to human progress and survival. Um, and so the ride begins, it takes you all the way back to 40,000 B.C., and it takes you through a timeline of the history of communication and uh, how it in- influenced our uh, civilization. And the script for this version was written by science fiction writer Ray Bradbury. Uh, he's widely known for his oh. dystopian novel Fahrenheit 451. I have a fun fact about that book, hmm. but it's not interesting, so we can I continue. Do. It's fun, it but not interesting. It was going to be called The Fireman, and he didn't like what the name was going to be, so he called the local firehouse and asked what the temperature that a book burns at, and it's 451 degrees Fahrenheit. In the book that. Oh. Hey, that's interesting. That is. That's Never neat. read it. Never read it, but Good I know fact. that. All right. <laughs> well, now we know two fun facts about him, and maybe we could read the book one day. <laughs> I feel like it'd be sad. Yes. Right? Depressing. Um, but yeah, the theme of communication was apparent throughout the attraction. And they used audio, mainly audio animatronics to tell the story. It was dark. Uh, I thought it was scary when I was little. Did you ever get that vibe? Like, for the first scene, I think, for some reason, I just, it would kind of Yeah, me. you know what? I actually don't have any memories of it, of being on it when I was a kid. So I don't remember being scared. I don't remember oh. anything. Um, to be honest, I don't know why. I just don't have any memories of it when I was a kid. So, hmm. I'm... I know that I went on it when I went when I was like four. Oh, really? My mom and dad told me that I went on it, but once again, I'm just like Alice. Yeah. Had no idea. Had no huh. idea that I was on it ever. Unfortunately. I remember thinking it how similar the the beginning part is to what you would see in Space Mountain, even though that's not really true. Like I guess when you go through the space the Space Mountain part, like when yeah, you're on the people yeah. mover, but I don't know. I just but I do remember that part being scary. Uh, for me, or I kept expecting it to be a scary ride, and it just wasn't. Where are the but dinosaurs? Kind of, yeah, that was what yeah. I was like. I don't know. I'm <laughs> kind of sad that I don't have any memories of this when I was a kid. But I do have memories of it when mm-hmm. I was like a teenager. So, 
definitely yeah. way younger than I am now. So I have some memories to share with everyone. Awesome. So the attraction climbs its way up into the sphere and it begins with the depiction of cavemen and women and hunters and how uh, the development of spoken language came to be. Uh, it touches on communication in cave paintings and storytelling. It takes you through ancient Egypt and the beginning of written pictures and symbols like hieroglyphics and uh, the invention of papyrus. Papyrus. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, you... paper. Yeah, paper, right? That's right. And, you know, it takes you through... Uh, record keeping and how the Phoenicians created the first alphabet for trade in ancient Greece and how their use of theater uh, just became another means of expressing ourselves. You know, that one, I remember that one scene probably the most vividly is the one of Rome. At first, you see the intricate networks of roads and channels, and then you see where it's it's burning and that, that, that smell, that fire. smell of Rome burning, I can just remember it so well. Yeah. Pictured it. Very vivid. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Everything you just described makes 10-year-old me not want to go on there. Oh. <laughs> and you get to learn and learn and you learn more and it's, it's all cool about learning. because you learn. So, but I think like, that's what makes it, it special. So ghosted. And 10-year-old Andrew was like, no learning for me. No. <laughs> I went to school. I'm in Disney. 10-year-old Allison was a huge nerd, by the way, so I was probably like obsessed about learning. Yeah. I know. I was always jealous about Space Camp. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, did did that. Ten-year-old nerd Allison went to space. That was the coolest. I know, man. If that was the whole reason why I wanted to be on Legends of the Hidden Temple. No. <laughs> they didn't give that away, did they? They yeah. used to give a Ooh. lot of them. Yeah, that and guts. And, yeah. yeah. Although the first prize, if you get knocked out the first round, you get nerds as a prize. I was going to say nerds a box candy. of nerds. It's like... That's true. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, sorry. We digress. Yes. Back to Spaceship <laughs> Earth, please. Yes. So uh, once Rome falls, it takes you through uh, where you see Islamic and Jewish scribes preserving what was lost, uh, the Renaissance and the creation of Gutenberg's printing press. Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel is featured. Um, and then it kind of jumps ahead into the modern era where they talk about steam-powered printing press and it has that little newsboy the extra, extra. Can we call him the paper boy? I've oh, got, sure. I've got a few tidbits about the paper boy later. We'll get to him. <laughs> okay. We'll get to him. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the, the paper, paper boy. boy. And also uh, vehicles, trains, and telephone wires, um, and how they all come to aid in our communication with one another. And they feature the cinema and radio and television. And they have that uh, scene where the family's watching TV in their living room all together. I love that um, scene. Yeah. That fun fact? You got any fun facts about that scene? How about that scene? So, on the television, mm -hmm. it was Ozzy and Harriet. Not sure what that is. I don't. I don't it's know. A it was a sitcom. It's a sitcom, I think. Oh, okay. I hear. It was night. I hear. I heard things. <laughs> Down the grapevine. It was the 1964. It was the uh, NFL Colts versus the Browns, Ooh. the championship game. <laughs> Ed Sullivan with the Harlem Globetrotters, which we already mentioned today. Halter, Halter, Crunk. And Walt Disney introducing an episode of The Wonderful World of Color. Wow. So that's what was on yeah. the television. Isn't that Pretty in cool. the ride, those tiny screen, that tiny screen? Yes. Yes. Wow. Mm -hmm. Neat. That's neat. Yeah, there are like four, TV, four TVs on the wall behind them that are playing these. And I think they're watching the one... The Wonderful World of Color. Yeah. I think that's what's on the main TV. Oh, awesome. Yeah. 
And then they end. They uh, the ride comes to an end with the net. With, they show this uh, network operations center, and a series of monitors that show children from around the world holding hands, uh, someone using a telescope, and uh, strands of DNA. So, I guess it, it ends with a, a feeling of hope for the future. Yes. Aww. Or yeah. the beginning of Jurassic Park. <laughs> oh yeah, the control room. <laughs> Oh, the strands of DNA. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm DNA. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so version two kicked off in 1986, and that was uh, pretty much the same ride when it came to structure and the scenes that were depicted. Uh, the script was written by Imagineer Tom Fitzgerald, and it's narrated by Walter Cronkite. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did include a, some slight deviations from the original version. Uh, they included the creation of the PC. Uh, there's a, a paperless office scene that's depicted. Hmm. Not sure what that's about. Um, and they, they acknowledge the Hebrews people's contribution to communication as well in the script. Oh. And then another thing they did change was the vision of the future at the end. And I guess that's something that kind of always has to you know, keep up with the time. But, um, you know, and on, the, on the monitors at the end, they show images to convey the point that the children of today uh, will be the future leaders of tomorrow, and they add a little bit more, uh, more convincing hope of the future is, is what I have down here. <laughs> so just a little bit more optimistic. And um, with that, they also added a very inspiring song titled Tomorrow's Child at the Tomorrow's end. Child. Tomorrow's Child. Tomorrow's Child. Tomorrow's Child. Those are the only words of the whole song, right? We got <laughs> That's it. That's the only words that I've ever Wait, do your funny heard. one, Andrew. What? Do your funny one. Tomorrow's child. <laughs> Get some soul. Tomorrow's child. Is that what that is? I don't know. Sounds like I got a burp, but I don't. Well, actually, it ends before tomorrow's child, or maybe while it's playing in the background. We've got a little sign off from old, old Walt. Walter Cronkite. Oh, oh, the old not to be confused. Walt one two. I got you. <laughs> Walt um, number two. Yes. Ours is a time of unprecedented choice and opportunity. So let us explore and question and understand. Let us learn from our past and meet challenges of the future. Let us go forth and fulfill our destiny on Spaceship Earth. Because I am Walter Cronkite. He doesn't say that at the end, but it's from Walter. He does say it. It's so that. crazy. He hey, says Walt, most of that. Listen, before you leave, man, grab whatever you want. Enjoy a soda. You know, I can't believe that he actually came in here to guest on our podcast. That was so nice of him. Oh, my gosh, him. yeah. Well, we're, we're, I know. we're all friends. Yeah, that's a queen pullout. Yes. Uh, yeah, so that's all I've got for versions one and two. Oh, um, so. Yeah. Hey, so guess what? In 1994... A new sponsor took over, which was AT&T, uh, a company which sponsored the ride from 1994 through 2004. And new sponsor, they come in and they say, we want to have a new narrator for the ride. So they um, redid the ride just a little bit, uh, completely redoing the, the narrator and slight uh, changes to the actual ride itself. But you may recognize the voice if you are on the ride between 1994 and 2007, which is the voice of Scar from The Lion King, oh, no. Jeremy Irons himself. Whoa. 
Yeah, so Jeremy Irons. Sinister voice. Yeah. Very sinister. Definitely, uh, which I'll get to in a second, but I feel like brings a dark aura to the ride. Um, this... I would agree. His voice is very distinct, and you know it, like, kind of as Scar being in Disney because you're there, because you love everything. Yeah. Exactly. I, so. I was listening to uh, the scripts on YouTube and listening to his, especially there are a few points in the script where it talks about we're entering into a new era. And I, I swear, it just, oh, yeah, it's so then, scar. And I could just say, shining new era, <laughs> tiptoeing new era. <laughs> and then you just wait for him to be like, you won't get a sniff without me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So uh, even though the script was written uh, once again by Tom Fitzgerald, a famed Imagineer, as we were, we were saying, we feel like Jeremy Irons definitely brought like a dark side to it. Uh, some of the changes include upgrades the audio audio animatronics maybe they got kind of like a paint job or hmm. some new, new duds new, new coat of <laughs> lipstick maybe maybe some sketchers Ooh. yeah um our friend the paper boy oh let us hear finally hit puberty here in 1994 and was given a deeper voice oh huh yeah um, so that also the astronauts from the space scene um, got a transfer to their new office at Space Mountain in the Magic Kingdom. Oh no way! Yes, exactly. They did. Also, uh, there were screens added to show guests on the ride some news reports from around the world, and a whole scene was added toward the end, which centered around video phones or like sort of Skype. Oh yeah, I remember where, that. Yeah, they showed people um, essentially what we would refer to today as FaceTiming or Skyping with each other. That's interesting because when you know when that was in the obviously in the sec in the third version of that ride, you know, Skype wasn't really I mean that was a thing of the future. And I remember thinking like, well that'd be so cool if we could do that eventually. Yeah, not at all. I mean I remember seeing this I mean, even as late as two thousand seven you didn't um, Skype wasn't like an everyday thing, I don't think. It was something special mm -hmm. that you might do every every now and then, do like a video call, but not definitely not. Yeah. Up until the end of the, this version, this iteration of the this the ride Spaceship Earth, I think video phone calls were, were definitely still not mainstream as they are now today. Mm -hmm. No way, you said that they had, AT&T had it until 2004, right? Yes, that's what I said. So think about 2004, <laughs> you know, everyone still had landlines and home phones and stretchy cords and yeah. stuff like that. So like that video stuff was still like out there uh -huh. in terms of like we could get there one day. And yeah, uh, it's just still kind of crazy to see it's like 12 years. It is. I think they had it on the real world and that was it. And it was like a big production. Yeah, it was still, like I said, still a big thing. And they showed scenes uh, in the ride, someone attending a graduation. Uh, I guess that they wouldn't otherwise be able to attend in person, and a doctor's appointment via sort of Skype, which just only recently, actually, like I said, became a thing. Yeah. Um, here in 2016, you could actually have a doctor's appointment via Skype. And then one other scene depicted a scientist reporting from uh, a cave, back reporting back to the lab at a futuristic city, something that he had discovered in this cave. So... I mean, that really shows you um, 
how futuristic this technology would be that we can find something a scientist could be out in the field discovering something brand new in a, in a super dark cave and then report it right away instantaneously back to this futuristic city um, yeah yeah it's crazy i mean even to right. think of it now i mean i know that it's it's possible technology and it's currently in in practice today it just seems crazy to me that that's where we are in technology it's amazing i truly yeah. appreciate that and discoveries can be reported and disseminated like real time it's so awesome yeah um anyway so this futuristic city uh, that was receiving this information from the cave discovery is depicted in the next scene in this Jeremy Irons version of future of um, Spaceship Earth. I'm sorry. And uh, so you see the future futuristic city; it's glowing. And then uh, one quote, which I remember specifically as a youngin from this this version, is <clears throat> the following quote: "Physical distance is no longer a barrier to communication." So that server always spoke to me, and I specifically yeah. remember, like I said. But one thing which I don't do not appreciate uh, from this version is that they got rid of tomorrow's child. Uh, tomorrow's child. Tomorrow's child. Like why? I don't know. I don't know. It's old news. No it's way. Old... They gave tomorrow's child its pink slip. Trust me, when you hear tomorrow's <laughs> child, tomorrow's it stays with you forever. Seriously, I it it does not leave your brain. It's like a worm. It is. <laughs> it's an no, earworm. It's, it's a child for tomorrow. tomorrow's <laughs> You'll get it. Child. <laughs> All right. So, like I said, tomorrow's child saw uh, saw its better days, and uh, also Jeremy Irons saw his better days when he was replaced. In 2007, by Dame Judi Dench, Ooh. who I think brings a whimsical f effect to the ride or the uh, attraction, and it's about 13 minutes long and features 57 audio animatronic figures. Wow. Well, how whimsical can how whimsical can Scar be? You know? Yeah, Scar definitely. Scar can be really whimsical. A big change, yeah. <laughs> Like Big from change. one to the other, you know, they're kind of like, all right, so people, uh, people never came back. We so an example that. of that. <laughs> what? I have, I have an example myself, but let's well, hear yours first. Well, I don't want to steal your, your example of how whimsical she could be. <laughs> um, well, let me give you a couple more facts and okay. then we'll, we'll go from there. But, <laughs> um, so this was like a major refurbishment. Siemens came in and made a deal with Walt Disney World that they were going to sponsor for 12 years um, starting in 2005. So once they got around to doing this big refurbishment in 2007, uh, Siemens basically took over everything in Epcot. Um, AT&T was gone and they brought in Dame Judi Dench and added touchscreens to each um, car in the Omnimover and a language selection in which each guest can select from the touchscreen in their car, which language they wanted to hear the uh, attraction narration presented for for them. So, also it included a game or sort of like interactive. Uh, I don't know what it's called besides game, but <laughs> you would it would take your photo, and you would later be able to select um, different uh, options to feature your own face in in one of their 
game situation. Old school, very old school Snapchat filters of put your face super, on a body. Oh yeah. yeah, super old school. Yeah, yeah, put your face on a body. It's like a Snapchat filter. Disney's like, ah, we had it. <laughs> <laughs> the technology. Yes, they beat Snapchat. So um, here are a couple of changes that were made to Spaceship Earth Attraction. Um, they added a score by Bruce Broughton. And oh, he, Bruce. in fact, Bruce Brown is actually a famed Disney per, uh, partner who is a famous conductor, composer, and arranger who worked on Bambi 2, Tough to be a Bug attraction, uh-huh, uh-huh. Ellen's Energy Adventure. Oh, that's why you like him. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and Fantasia 2000. No way. Ooh. Awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I kind of looked up on IMDb. He is listed as a composer arranger on, on a lot of these. But for Spaceship Earth, he uh, worked on a 60... He I think he was the composer for Spaceship Earth and arranged a 63-piece orchestra with a 24-voice choir to do the score for this ride. And for this attraction, they added a home computer scene, which featured sort of like uh, a garage depicting the invention of the first home computers. So they've got, like, um, Steve Jobs. Yep, yep. The other guy. <laughs> Steve, uh... Bill Gates! Bill Gates! <laughs> the other guy. Steve Wozniak. Work- yeah, yeah, those guys are, are you know, uh, an audio animatronic of those working in a garage to get the first home computer into people's homes because before that it was so big. Yeah. And um, some other changes. The mammoth... And caveman scene in the in the beginning, which I actually I think I read may, might have been a mastodon, not a woolly mammoth, but mastodon. Uh, mastodon. Sabertooth tiger. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex. The best one. Pink one. <laughs> Pink was pterodactyl. There you go. Pterodactyl. White one. Mystery. Mystery. <laughs> Wild card. Um, what was the white ranger? He has like a white tiger or something, wasn't it? Yeah, like a Or a panther. dinosaur of some sort. I anyway. have no idea. Listen, stay tuned next week for our corrections episode <laughs> when we talk about what the right white rangers... Um, <laughs> Anamorph is. Dinosaur. Anamorph, yeah. Okay. Okay, so back to my changes for Spaceship Earth. So when they brought it... they This, this was a total refurbishment, everyone. If you don't remember getting on the ride past 2007, it was totally different than anything you've ever seen. I can vouch for how old it was in 2006 when I was working the program <laughs> and I worked underneath it and didn't even know that it was actually running because no one ever went into it. Oh, well that also <laughs> may be because they can get people in and out pretty quickly. Um, they yeah, can really I'm... do a massive turnover there in terms of like, you know, the wait time's usually pretty, not too bad. and. And then it's, you know, constantly moving people through the ride. And it's crazy because where it is, though, like it is the, because of its like prime location, everything that it is, like it's the number one most visited attraction in Walt Disney World. What? Out of all of them. That's crazy. No, yeah. it's not. Yes, it is. That's crazy. Right? It's like an education factory. Boom. Everyone files in, learns what they need to learn. Boom. Enjoys the ride, comes out. I got more fun ones. All Let's the guests. Keep it going. It Oh, uh, let's get back to a quick, a few quick more I know, changes. I'm sorry. I know they did so many changes in 2007 that uh, yeah. I just can't even get in all of them. But um, so our our friend, the paper boy, they uh, turned him around and faced the wall. So what? Right. what? They, they shamed him. They didn't yeah. like that grin. 
this kid goes from a plain old paper boy to hitting puberty, his voice changing, and now they're not even gonna let him be see him. Oh. Shame him. Turn around, face the wall. Why? Blair Witch him. Ugly mug. What's the matter? Blair witched him for sure. <laughs> yeah. So um, that future, that future city that we we saw in all of its glory, back when the cave, the researcher from the cave was reporting directly to the future city from Skype, went away. No more Skype scenes. What? Uh, yeah, they took all that away, but um, they added a few awesome things. Also, a uh, very famous Judy Dame Judy Dench line, which everyone knows now, is "Thank the Phoenicians." So. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who doesn't know about Thank the Phoenicians, you know now, and it's a famed quote from Spaceship Earth. Anything, basically, in life, you can just say, like, Thank the Phoenicians. Like, good morning, <laughs> the weather report is sunny today, you can thank the Phoenicians. <laughs> That's so funny. So, so do you uh, have any information about uh, when she starts talking about how the, the monks were recording everything? Unfortunately... You know this includes taxes. She makes a taxes <laughs> joke. <laughs> um, one thing that um, I did record on my notes personally about the monks, which was an overall observation, and this probably might take longer than you probably expected when you brought it up, but um, I felt like personally the Jeremy Irons version was way darker than the Judy, Dem Judy Dench version. They sort mm -hmm. of brought Judy Dench in, who's like um, an upper class British dame with a fancy voice who sort of more Mary Poppins like very fancy and mm -hmm. optimistic but um, I picked out these two lines in which James Judy Dench and Jeremy Irons are very different contrasting uh, sentiments between the two so let me just go through the two of them quickly for you because I think it really demonstrates the difference between the, the overall emotion that I feel between Jeremy Irons and Dame Judy Dench. So in this Rome burning scene, um, Jeremy Irons has the narrative, but the same roads were turned against Rome by invaders whose destruction left ages of knowledge and wisdom in the ashes that would become the Dark Ages. And contrasted to that, we have Dame Judy Dench's line during the same scene, which reads, but then we hit a roadblock. Rome falls, and the great library of Alexandria and Egypt is burned. Much of our learning is destroyed, lost forever, or so we think. So there's sort of like an aura, I feel, of like optimism there. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Which, uh, yeah, and so the following, in the following scene, I just want to add one more thing. Almost mirroring which, the lines which I just read, I feel like Jeremy Irons has a much darker line than Dame Judi Dench, so here it goes. Uh, in the following scene about the monks, which we were just talking about, Jeremy Irons says, In western abbeys, monks toil endlessly in lonely isolation, copying ancient books of wisdom and revelation for future generations. And the line given to G Dame Judy Dench is, <clears throat> In the meantime, here in Europe, monks toil endlessly, recording books by hand. <laughs> So oh, I feel man, like that sounds so... Jeremy Irons says, like, lonely isolation is so much, like, pow more powerful than just uh, Judy Dench is just saying, like, they're they're writing the books down. Yeah, like, they've we'll got it back. covered. They've got it covered. It's not, like, this huge, ominous undertaking. 
I have a fun yeah. fact about that. You do? Yeah, um, on the document in front of the sleeping monk is a hidden Mickey. Ooh, yeah. the sleeping monk. You know. You know. The sleeping one. <laughs> the tired yeah. one. Yeah. That silly joke in there about him sleeping while he's supposed to be writing. Oh. <laughs> Better finish that book. Yeah. Aww. Before we move on from Spaceship Earth, I have a special segment for you guys, which is um, something that I thought would be fun to do is read a negative Yelp review from oh. the ride itself. So here we have a disgruntled curmudgeon who has went on Yelp and reviewed the Spaceship Earth ride and given it two stars. No. <laughs> so um, here we go. We'll see how this works. But I'm going to try to do a voice that this guy gave. I don't know. I was I wanted to call him Anton Ego. But I feel like he's like way below a critic. He's just like a, a poop head. Like a, yeah. what, like a curmudgeon. I don't know. Like a cotton-headed ninny muggins. Yeah. Definitely. Maybe we could call him like Francis or something. <laughs> I don't no, want that's Andrew's middle name. Hey. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I bet like, you um, are. Like, yeah, Francis with an E-S. <laughs> <Ew>. <laughs> like Steven. Steven. No. Or something. How about... Oh, I don't know. No, okay, how about, how, no about I, how about I read you the review and you tell me what you think his name might be? Yeah. I don't want to use his real name because who knows. Okay, so this is... Keep in mind, this review was written in 2014. Oh, wow. You okay. might hear some... You might hear some ingenious foreshadowing in this review. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> Spaceship Earth. Classic ride, but extremely slow and boring. Spaceship Earth is the ride that takes place inside of the giant golf ball at the entrance of Epcot. This ride is long overdue for a makeover. <laughs> Perhaps a complete reboot. With all of the room inside of the golf ball, I'm sure they can revamp this golf ball attraction into something more thrilling and exciting. <laughs> this is the same old crappy ride I rode when I was a young kid, and it's still the same old crappy ride when I'm an adult. <gasps> <Whoa>. <laughs> this is like a real Yelp review, guys. Oh my <clears throat> okay. I know his name. Here are some ideas that floated around in my mind while I was dying of boredom during this ride. One, ditch the entire timeline evolution theme. What completely changed the theme? <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, okay. Two, everyone gets a motorcycle, and you gut everything, <laughs> and you go around the golf ball in circles, trying not to hit one Tron another. Tron style. Two, modernize it by adding some Marvel or Pixar space themes, oh. since Disney distributes movies produced by Marvel Studios. Oh my god. Perhaps converting the inside of the golf ball to a high-speed Guardians of the Galaxy. No way. No way. New original-themed ride. <gasps> yes! Whoa. Yeah, so... I was going to call him Chad. I was going to call him Chad. No, Get were. out of here. You're such a Chad. <laughs> Chad predicted this, the Guardians of the Galaxy overlay. <laughs> Number three. This ride should feel vibrant and youthful. Each time you step foot in Spaceship Earth, it's like taking a step back into the 1980s. Hmm. By the time you exit the ride, you completely regret lining up for it. <laughs> the flagship ride of Epcot should not let their guests feel this way. For those diehard Epcot fanatics, I get it. Spaceship Earth is a classic ride when they grew up, and they wanted to keep it that way so the next generation can share the same experience. But if you look at the fun fact of the ride today in 2014, the ride is very outdated and needs a major update. When you think Epcot, you think of the giant golf ball. <laughs> Say golf ball one more time. Give me golf ball. Seriously, this guy says golf ball. Okay, it's coming. Hold on. Hold on to your, ho hold on to your horses. Oh, no. When you think Epcot, you think of the giant golf ball. 
But when you think about the giant golf ball, all you can remember is that it was a long and boring experience. <laughs> like golf. Hey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Love if golf. you thought he was done saying golf ball, wait no more. <laughs> the ride inside the golf ball should be a blast. And should also be a memorable one, considering it's the global symbol of Epcot. Oh my gosh, what is he writing, a novel? Jeez. I know, I know. Can bring his violin? God. Plus, it's literally the first thing you approach when you enter through the gates. I absolutely enjoy Epcot's World Showcase, but the attraction rides at Epcot need to go. All the what? attractions All just them. need to get Every out of here. Every one of them. You get out. Mm-mm-mm. The list of bad attractions goes on in Epcot. Captain EO, Mission Space... The Seas with Nemo and Friends, Aww. Turtle Talk with Crush, Test Track, and Ellen's Energy Adventure. Reviews of those will be posted shortly. Oh, good. We're oh, great. Hold our breath. So, now that we're saying the word golf ball, can I finally, being the golfer, thanks for calling it long and boring. Oh, I no. really appreciate it. Please. Please do. So, oh, Andrew's got some fun facts. I got, yes. let me, do you mind if I give you some that I've learned standing underneath it and talking to people and some selling points that we used to have to give and all this other stuff. So if it were a golf sell ball, that ball, if it were, this is the easiest one that we would say. So if it were a golf ball, I would have to be 1.2 miles tall to hit it. What? Whoa. So if you think about it this way, the hole would have to be 417 feet in diameter. Wow. If the person playing, say the uh, hole is equivalent to 200 yards, like a 200 yard hole, that would have to be 134 miles long, approximately the width of Florida. What? Right? Yeah. So just imagine giants walking around hitting that. Number one, I hate that it's a golf ball. Like it, it is called like the ball. Even my manager's like, yeah. you're under the ball tonight. Well, but like they never it called it a golf ball. We used to call it that when we were little. When you were a little, think, you know, kid. little kids. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have a, any hatred towards it. I just that guy was a little excessive. He was kind of calling it that just to kind of be snarky and mean. Oh, that guy's a jerk. I know. Keep it to yourself, man. I have never been able to do it, but cast members can go to the top of it. There are pictures of Mickey up there. There are yeah. stuff like that. Um, there's like an elevator that just basically goes all the way up to the top, and then you get like there's harnessed like a in. Skate and stuff. patch or something yeah. up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard there was a Mickey. Uh, well, I knew there was a Mickey, a commercial which featured Mickey on top of Spaceship Earth. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that not a lot of people know is that, like, it's extremely hot, like, inside of it. Like, it's a big black rubber ball with all this other stuff, but you don't know that because all it is is just air air conditioning being blown directly on the track, only on the track where you're sitting. Oh. So anywhere outside of that, it's going to be, like, super warm. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's probably super toasty in there. Kind of crazy. Oof. Bring an egg. Um, the first week when it opened, <laughs> bring an egg. <laughs> uh, more than a hundred thousand guests in the first week wow, when wow. it opened. Cycle them through, man. That's a lot. They're good. They're good. And this is the biggest one. We used to tell people when uh when you're done over here, you should go and check out the seas or the living seas because you know the fish tank in there is so big that the Epcot ball can actually fit in it. Yeah. And it can. That's it can true. fit in the tank. Yeah. So that was our ploy. To get people over to Coral Reef and stuff like that. With some extra space, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Bring your That's sharks. That's pretty crazy. It's it's amazing how how ginormous it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, a couple more things about uh, Spaceship Earth itself. They featured fancy decor uh, on top of Spaceship Earth a couple of times. 
Once in, uh, beginning in 1989, they added the Mickey hand holding the wand, which a lot of people I know remember, uh, which was added in the year 2000 to celebrate oh. the Millennium Celebration. Um, Mickey hand holding the wand. And it was supposed to be just temporary, but did not turn out to be so. In May 2001, they changed the wand from saying, uh, from the year 2000 to say Epcot. Yeah. Which, yeah. Because you didn't know where you were. You just had to be like, what right. is it? Oh, this is, okay. Yeah. Epcot Kingdom? I oh, mean, our friend just hated that one oh so gosh. much. <laughs> and I think the best day ever for him, one of them, uh, was, he was to so see happy. it come down. Yeah. Brian, my, my roommate on the college program, who I know I probably listens and critiques. I think he'd appreciate this he, episode. I think so. Yeah, well, you know what? It took them five months to change the number to the year 2000 to say Epcot, actually. So they spent wow. a long time to actually do that. And then it wasn't finally removed, the whole entire wand structure itself, until August 2007. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, long time. I know. I kept it up for so long. I know. It was up when I was on my program. And then it came down as soon as I was I left. I love sparkly things, so I liked how it sparkled in the sun. You know, I remember looking at it and thinking, like, oh, it's so glittery in the sun, and it, all those little sparkles catch the light. But, yeah. I mean, it's a thousand times better without it, for sure. Yeah. It would have been cool if it stayed up for a year and then went away. Well, also, it was 257 feet, so it was the tallest structure in Walt Disney World because Whoa. they weren't afraid to put those sparkly things on top, which was over the 199 feet um, restriction. Uh, so oh. because the, there was a little sparkly on the end of the wand, which was at the top, and it was, like I said, it was sparkling, so they, they didn't mind having it way above that height restriction. Right. Yeah, and sometimes they they show project, laser projections on Spaceship Earth itself. Um, a couple notable projections were in 2013, where they um, projected images of Mike and Sully from Monsters, Inc. for the Monstrous Summer in 2013. Cool. Yeah, those and, are cool. Yeah, I They know, look cool. So I saw cool. some pictures of those. They look really cool. Oh, my it gosh. It makes you think what they can do with it. I think it's really cool. Yeah, so cool. If you go on YouTube, um, you can see, and it's a really, really neat little clip of, of Mike Wazowski, and then at the end, there's a big, like, sully roar, uh, which is pretty exciting, because it's really large and, and um, in your face. Um, after Illuminations in the mid-2000s, they, they had the Siemens logo on the, on the back of Spaceship Earth, which I remember seeing for the first time, thinking, like, what is Siemens? I just remember, like, seeing it. And, like trying to get closer to it and be like, what is that? Like yes. why are, why what does that mean? Like why are they writing this on, on yeah. Spaceship Earth? I had no idea. Yeah, that's my memory of that. Um uh also for the thirty year celebration in um October two thousand twelve they put up the logo that said thirty years and then for New Year's Eve every year they do a countdown to midnight, uh projected onto Spaceship Earth and then they Ooh. have a nice show every July fourth. Shows like um American themes. Yeah, Andrew and saw those. Yeah, all of them. <gasps> you did? Yeah, it was what? awesome. Yes. A lot of fireworks, right? A lot of intense. fireworks. Very intense. And it was cool because I suckered, I shouldn't say that, begged my manager into training me for Segway Glow because I thought we could make more money at the bus stops where I wouldn't go to the bus stops. I would just go to World Showcase and watch Bus stops? You were allowed to go all the way out yeah. there? And oh, I had the manager wow. key, which it went nine miles an hour. Oh, look out. <laughs> no, you made some 
headway with that. The yeah, thing was Speed moving. Racer. Was. Yeah. There was a white key that went 15 miles an hour, but no one knew where that That's one was. That's the manager key. That's like the crazy Wait. key. Andrew, what did the regular cast member key, what was the miles per hour on that? Four. <laughs> That's really So, slow. like, not walking. Like, you get out walk. <laughs> Just jog alongside <laughs> it. <laughs> oh my like, gosh. people are like, hey, can you come here? And you're like, it's going to be like three minutes, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's really, could you roll. meet me halfway? That's funny. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh. Wait, so do you guys, um, or were you finished no. on your point? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, just one more thing I wanted to, to add is that, it, Allison, in any of your research, did you come across that information about how, uh, you know, Disney was kind of short on, um, or actually they wanted to kind of do some cost cutting initiatives. Yes. Initiatives where they, uh, had, they used the molds for previous animatronics for, uh, some of the animatronics in Spaceship Earth. So, uh, you can find yes. John Adams, I think is one of the monks. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, other ones from Hall of Presidents are, um, super interesting. Kind of crazy. Yeah, I thought, I mean, I know we had planned to do a, an episode entirely devoted to audio animatronics, so I thought we would cover it mostly during that. Oh, that yeah, time. yeah. Sweet. Yeah, yeah super interesting. Be, I, yeah, I don't know a whole lot. that episode. Yeah, I don't know a whole lot about them, so uh, I'm, I'm interested to learn more. Yeah. But from what we learned about the Spaceship Earth and the, the twins and the, the characters that they re repurposed into the Spaceship Earth from you know, uh, Hall Presidents and whatnot. I, I really can't wait to do a, an episode on audio animatronics. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be the best. Andrew, I, you can do yeah. all the voices. I, yeah, right. <laughs> and the worst. Unless it's like no. Mike Wazowski or Stitch. Mike I'm Wazowski? No, I can't do Roz. 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 Roz Saying Mike Wazowski. <laughs> oh, I see. Um, but is it time for... Everybody, um, we've gathered here today to talk about my favorite thing in Epcot, which is what this is could be one of my favorite episodes that we've done so far, just because Ooh. all the memories and everything yeah. that I have underneath it. And man, the one thing that was crazy is like the wind would whip and it would like like it would either go above or below, like obviously the sphere, and it would like blow hats off and like umbrellas and stuff like just oh, under wow. that one yeah. area, like it was kind of crazy, <laughs> but. Um, I just want to say I'm really happy that we did this episode. It was, I don't know, it was really cool doing the research and everything. Yeah. But the roundup question would be, and you can make it serious or you can make it not. It's completely up to you. You have to do a stop in Spaceship Earth from 2010 to the to present. What's in it? Whoa. Do you have your answer? Are y'all queued up? No. Oh, okay. I have no idea. <laughs> you don't have an answer yet? No, I don't. Oh, all right. I um, thought of the roundup question right before we started. I want to keep it fresh for me, too. Oh, good. Good yeah. call. Okay, oh. so a point in history in the last six years we think is worthy of being featured on a future Spaceship Earth ride. Yeah. Ugh. Or just, like, replacing Whoa. one of the ones that you have. You None? Know? Oh, I've got one. Okay, all right, go for you it. Go first. Oh, you guys, you guys are missing <laughs> out because I got a good one. Okay. okay. <laughs> Talking about 
3D printing. Ah, Fuck us! Yeah, and how much that will enable us to, uh, you know, we can 3D print pretty much anything. Um, Nikes and <laughs> and the sort, but also of uh, medical devices and things like that. And I just can imagine the possibilities for uh, where we can go with 3D printing. I don't yeah. even, I mean, it's new to me. They've so. talked about 3D printing houses and all this stuff, yeah. like making it big enough, like absolutely that's a really although good although i will say it has to be tied into communication so yeah. we maybe they can uh 3d print a uh some sort of i don't know telephone communicator attached to your ear. <laughs> <laughs> it just what sits on saying? your shoulder it's I like that know. little banana you used to put on your house phone <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little slug yeah. well gosh um maybe siri or alexa where you 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 know you just shout a command and and there's a piece of there's a device in your room you know yeah. you just say uh, Alexa order me some more Tide Pods or something yeah and that's then a good it one it happens it happens like you don't even have to be communicating with another person anymore you're just communicating with a device and things show up at your door like either later that day of course here in New York City that's that's how it is. But um, things show up at your door the next day or within two days, and all you have to do is just announce to your Alexa device or your Apple Watch or or something like that, like um, buy me tickets to the next showing of the Jungle Book. I don't know. Ooh, that's yeah, good. That's really yeah, good. That's gold. That's a good one. Thanks. So, yeah. Just, that's good. Trying to tie in some communication advancements into uh, today. Well. Well, that's that's a really good answer. Didn't. Some of us didn't. Some of us did. Some of us like to print, all right? Maybe, maybe, Someone maybe, forgot I want, about the maybe I want a hundred rings. Maybe, <laughs> right. maybe that's what I want. So mine first, the first one I was going to do until I realized how much Spaceship Earth means to me would be like a funny one where it would just be like a red carpet, awards, like Selena Gomez, T-Swift, oh, no. like Bieber. <laughs> I know, right? And then like the worst, like it would have that like Esquire thing, like that Kim Kardashian picture. It'd be like Ew. the worst. Yeah, like. No, I don't know. Please. I feel like the future is like what we're in right now is like not good, and that's a good way to like show it. Oh, you know what I mean. Anyway, <laughs> but then you think about like all the stuff that we've done from 2010 till now, and one way for us to bring back one of my favorite parts was the Skype telephone call in Spaceship Earth would be what I think was the most amazing feat of technology and communication skills will be landing on the meteor that pod that went and landed and then we got oh, all the information cool. and sent it yeah, back to us and yeah yeah solar really cool. and all that Ooh, stuff that's good so that would be a cool one like yeah, what we could accomplish and what we can do and transmitting data yeah across vast space and time all the information they brought back from pluto it's yeah insane. right they know exactly what pluto looks like right it's, it's unbelievable yeah. And now that they have, they started doing the tops and bottoms of planets instead of just the sides, and you can see how, like, the bottom of Saturn rotates and moves. Anyway. It's really cool. It is. I think it's cool. I'm sorry. I, I know no, I'm going on and on. I just, I love space and no, dinosaurs. That's a great, <laughs> that's a great answer. <laughs> and just, you know, I mean, all, even, you know, most recently they were doing the uh, live streaming from Everest. You yeah, know, yeah, those guys yeah. were climbing Everest and like Snapchatting and live streaming it. Yeah. Periscope is another good one. Right. But. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, okay, thanks to Periscope, every day I can feel like I'm in Walt Disney World. I can watch yeah. Three O'Clock Parade. I can watch Bustle Fantasy. I can watch Wishes at Night if I want. I can watch Illuminations. Technology, That's... man. 
technology communication. Craig, communication. communication. I mean, it can't get any better than this. Yeah. It will, though. It It'll will. Keep it's going to get Aren't crazy. Aren't we in the time of the Jetsons right now? Isn't it what we're supposed to be? It was like 2015 with the Jetsons, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know. This is the dawn of recorded time. <laughs> is this the age of Aquarius? You can thank the Phoenicians for that. <laughs> I thank the Phoenicians every day everything. <laughs> well, guys, I just want to say thanks for answering my question. This was a root and toot oh and good time. Thank you for posing a thoughtful question. I couldn't believe that I came up with like an actual thing that I am favorable of in the past six years, which usually, you ask me on any other day, I'm probably going <laughs> to say it sucks gonna poo poo it well yeah it was a great answer it's hopeful yeah 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 wow. that's a spaceship that's a spaceship earth is about it's about a hopeful vision for communication yeah tomorrow. yes that's why i love it i love it too thanks guys i used to live under it <laughs> well so as as a past resident of of spaceship earth how do you feel that we've presented it today i think we did a really good job there's more things we can get into about Oh my gosh. Just how when you look up and look at it and all the... Fuzzies? The triangles that all form into like other... Tri anyway, it's just it's yeah, such those a little beautiful... Tiny pyramids. Yeah, I know there's so much information. The engineering, everything that went into it. And there's a ride in it. It's not just holding something up. It's holding up like hundreds of people at a time. Right? Anyway, it's crazy. So many people. It's there's so much more we could talk about. We just like don't have the I know, time. it's okay. It's really sad. Yeah. It's okay. It's all right. I Next feel like week we got we're a good... on to bigger and better. Yeah, bigger and better. It's all right. I feel like we got some good quality Spaceship Earth time in. Yeah. So, um, but actually, I wanted to yeah. mention a quick correction from last week's episode, episode three. Oh, yeah. And this was just... Sad. Sad to do corrections. I know. It's okay. Hey, even we're the New York Times does corrections. Right? We're keeping it real. That's true. Yeah. We're not, we're yeah. not ashamed to admit it, but I made a mistake. Mm -mm. And maybe it was a part mm -mm. of me that was hopeful. The hopeful, optimistic part of me in saying that the Castlemere float was in Festival of Fantasy Parade. Sadly, it is not. Um, no. Okay, wish we it wanted were. everything. It's true, but it's not, so just wanted to add that correction. Allison, do you have any? Yes, also, we uh, have come to learn the definitive last name of Charlotte from The Princess and the Frog, and it is... In, oh, let's, in fact, let's hear it. What, what, what is it? Charlotte LaBeouf. Oh, no way. That sounds way too much like Shia. That can't be right. No, that sounds like oh. exactly what Andrew suggested in our last episode, so we are oh, okay. willing to admit that that was, in fact, true. Oh, you're Ben Yay! He's the bee's knees! <laughs> sound like Lewis. Yeah, sorry. No, it's, it's good. I get up there and turn my home! Oh, if I could do any voice, <gasps> it would be Ray Ray. Let's hear it! Baby low! No, I can't do it. I wish I could. Oh. Oh, down in a bye, you. It just sounds. Your light out. Mama, your light out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, also, I wanted Grandma. to uh, just give a. <laughs> Sorry. Suddenly, very low. Laura. Oh, no, that's okay. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to some of the sources that I used because I feel like there was a ton of great information out there online, and uh, I'd be remiss if I did not mention these uh, wonderful websites and encourage you guys to check them out for like a, just a, so much information. Uh, not only on Spaceship Earth, but on other things, Disney. Um, the first is intercot.com, themickeywiki.com, which I love. Me too. Allears.net, mouseplanet.com, and wdwnews.com. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And I would like to thank everyone who's been listening and mm. 
yeah reaching out and yeah. saying what's up and, yeah feel free to email us yeah. and, and engage with us on twitter or instagram let us know um you can check us out on twitter at dis philharpod d-i-s philharpod uh instagram at disney podcast and disney podcast at gmail.com also we have a facebook page so you can just search that or search uh whatever podcast service you use stitcher um, whatever you're listening to on now um, yeah. See you here our past episodes, our next episode. Stay tuned because we have so many exciting episodes coming up, right, Andrew? We sure we have do. A, a huge list of great ideas, so I'm super excited. We're ready. Yeah. Thanks everybody. So, we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks to uh, our fans out there, if we have any at this point. Thanks, mom. Yeah. Thanks, right. mom. Thanks, roommate. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> All right, yeah. everybody. All right, All right, so when we actually go and go, hello, everybody, in the beginning of the episode, Brian, my roommate, let me know that his daughter stands up and goes, hello, back when how he's like listening. How cute is that? Anyway, I had to throw that Aww. in there. So, hello. Hello. <laughs> hello, everybody. All right. Hey, uh, you guys, well, thank you for listening. Yeah, until oh next gosh. week. Yeah. All right. See you real soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Tomorrow's child. Tomorrow's child. Gathering gifts from our past. Tomorrow's child. Tomorrow's child. Shaping the world that will